0: Hello and welcome to the Fifty Plus One Football Podcast, your home for all things Bundesliga. I'm Billy, and with me is the Per Mertesacker to my Laurent Koscielny, Lewis.
1: Hello. Yes, we've got a host of topics for you today surrounding the Bundesliga restart and what it means for the world of football. Obviously, with these times, you just cannot get around the fact that Corona the, or the coronavirus and football are relate or separate topics. Um, they're always going to be intertwined. And it looks to be like that for the foreseeable future. Uh, sad times, sad times indeed. But the one ray of sunshine we do have is the fact that the Bundesliga has restarted. Um, and now with that restart, I think it is valid to look at the pros and cons of this restart. And I mean, I'm going to, I like my dessert first. So I'm always going to start with those. Um, football is back. It's great. I have missed it a ton.
0: I think we, it's you know, it's not been the same without it, and with the Euros, you know, supposed to be this summer. I think people have needed.
1: Yeah, it's definitely done well.
0: Yeah, people have needed something to come back, and League One, French League, sort of pulled the trigger a bit too soon, I think, maybe because if the Bundesliga goes well and there aren't any serious cases, I think the Premier League, La Liga, is coming back in June. Uh, yeah. back in training
1: Yeah, it is it is very much like a guinea pig or a test drive of what football could be um if if we want to restart it basically and this is also i mean sadly with the with the way the virus is still progressing and the uh and the fact that a vaccine is still very much far off it is very much the model that i think is going to have to be looked at for the coming season, so the twenty, 2020-21 uh, season.
0: Yeah, and it's difficult because obviously this is something we've never had before. And football is being played behind closed doors in Germany. And it's not the same. You know, Dortmund isn't the same without the yellow wall no. and things like that. It's, it sounds like a training session.
1: Almost. Oh, it is, it is very much depressing because anyone who's been, anyone who's been to a training, like a live training session at a professional club, knows. You know, there's still very much a fire. There's there's a passion and an intensity uh, that is in there, but you know the the thing is just <clears throat> sorry. The football football lives off the atmosphere, and it's just very much. Jeez, I sound like I'm getting choked up over football
0: <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, like especially German football, they rely so much on their atmosphere with the ultras and yeah it's, it's something yeah. you don't quite get with Premier League football i uh, i mean th-
1: we can we can debate where where that comes from. I'd say you can still get very much of an of an atmosphere in Premier League football, but of course you're right, there's nothing. I guess there's it's it's very hard to compare when you have uh the setup and the and the fan scene that you do have in Germany. But yeah, that makes it all the more makes all the more difference. And that's why it also sounds so eerily quiet when you when you watch one of these matches. Like the last two just the last two matches have already been it's been weird. I mean, I'm not gonna lie, I've I've liked the fact that Sky Germany have put in that setting where you can have uh an audio recording of the atmosphere in the background where you have at least, you know, a little bit of uh of normality almost to if you want to put it that way.
0: Yeah, I mean we've had uh BT Sport and it's been Steve McManaman commentating on Bundesliga games. And my favorite bit was Dortmund's first game back against Schalke. Mm. Uh he said, oh Dortmund are in fantastic form. It's like Steve, they've not played for like two, three months nearly. <laughs> No one's <laughs> I was, I was say. You,
1: you can't really give any comment on the form in that sense, but I guess it's just you know f- as a commentator you're falling back into your uh into the old into the old habits
0: yeah, he's falling back into the cliches, and I saw a, a picture on Twitter, one of the b t sport commentators for the Bundesliga put a, a note on his door saying, "Oh, please don't knock commentating on Bundesliga and I thought that was quite oh, cool.
1: oh lo- love that, God love that. I mean, that's a. This is all. I guess you could. This is all a perfect segue into the fact that you know the social impact of, um, the of football coming back and specifically in Europe, uh where it is a religion in, in countries like Germany, uh, England, Spain, um, to name a few. Is the social impact cannot be ignored.
0: No, and I think it's going to change. You know the things for the you know completely for the future because if tv companies broadcasters tv companies can show all this football it's so yeah. much cheaper than actually going to the game like if you don't mind not having the atmosphere the experience of a football game what's stopping you from just getting a subscription to sky bt or oh, yeah
1: i mean is it mean, a game
0: that shows some games in germany
1: yeah, exactly. Yeah, uh, well, in, in Germany, Sky have the biggest, um, I mean, the biggest chunk of the TV rights. Uh, with the Zone now making an entry, um, they're slowly gaining traction. However, I'm not sure how uh, the TV rights contracts will be drawn up after, because obviously, with the virus, everything is going to have to be restructured. And seeing as the Bundesliga had a contract from, or the basically the TV rights deals were signed in from 2017 to 2021 um that was basically like the second big tv rights deal fixture after the premier league after the first premier league one from 2016 to 2019 that was worth Uh, 5.13 billion pounds i think and the bundesliga one that followed was i think worth something around 4.64 billion euros something stupid like that but it was um yeah, but it was it's those TV rights deals those will be those those will actually go probably through a very big restructuring uh just because technology and uh and basically the internet and online broadcasting that whole arena is going to be so and I mean it's being highlighted how important it is right now it's going to be so much uh um, it's going to be so much of a bigger deal in these new rights deals.
0: Yeah, definitely. But so we've had the dessert. Would you like to describe it? What are the, you know, what are the perceived cons, and uh, negatives I mean, of having it back so soon?
1: I got, I got to give you the goddamn veggies.
0: <laughs> um,
1: well, obviously, we don't have a vaccine, and with that, every restart was going to take a risk. So basically, so the Bundesliga restart is very much still a risk business, and I mean the. Uh, like, you have so many different um, factors that could lead into, you know, that could lead to another uh, infection. Um, it, is, is very, it is very hard to predict the outcome of this restart. Because as uh, the DFL um, boss, uh, Christian Seifert, Zyf- uh, said that he, you know, it's, the Corona still very much has the option or the chance to basically win. If you want to put it that way, you can have Corona literally shutting down football because they're, you know, if the minute there are over five new new infections in players, that's it. Game over. Yeah. So It's, it's very hard. It's, it's very hard to predict.
0: Yeah, it's a difficult one. And uh, was it Dortmund's sporting director? Is it Carsten yeah. Kramer? I think it was. Um, uh, Dur-
1: uh, the Durman sporting director would be Michelle, but uh, I'll have a quick some, look
0: at it. Someone at Dortmund, uh, yeah. said, you know, it's, they want to give a, a strategy, a blue, a blueprint to other leagues to bring back football, but there's yeah. pressure to do it right, and if yeah. they fail, the problems are then bigger than before. It's high risk, high reward, really. Because if nothing happens, we bring football back and, you know, we we have that summer of football that we were hoping to have with the Euros. Yeah. But if it fails, then there could be more spikes worldwide. It could lead to, you know, higher casualty rates. It's one of those...
1: Without a shadow of a doubt, because the thing thing also is that um, even if it's only, you say, you know... In the grand scheme of things, obviously, if you have 10 new infections within, you know, 360 odd players, uh, you, could, you could argue, um, you know, oh, look at, you know, that's such a small uh, percentage. But the problem is that, you know, with that, like, I think I think they would most definitely pull the plug on any high number. And when I say high, I'm really mean over five infections when um, because that just shows that. Even with all the precautions being taken, the fact that football being a contact sport, um, you can't avoid that part of the game. And thus, the chance for infection obviously increases. It's just if they did have a higher number of infections, then they would probably kill it. And the problem with that is that, you know, that makes um, that makes it basically just the blueprint of football would have then failed and that also kills football not only in Germany but also potentially in the UK and Spain because I don't think either of those countries would take a look at it.
0: <clears throat> yeah, and you know, football obviously is a contact sport and right, Nevan Subotic was quite a yeah. local in, you know, in shutting like, shutting it down and no, we're not Oh, yeah. oh crit-
1: his critique, yeah.
0: But, you know, you can't, really socially distance on a football pitch and i think you no. said to me before and everyone's seen it on the benches people yeah, it's, distancing each other but you can't do that the minute you step onto the pitch
1: yeah that, and that, that's the thing and that's why that's why just football in general would just always be a risk in these times is just the fact that you can't social this socially distance um, I mean, that's one of the reasons why even like even in the UK, there were there came the reports that, you know, Troy Deeney, for instance, he said, nah, I'm not going to train. Um, I've, got a, I've got a young son who has had breathing difficulties. I don't need to put him at any more risk than he already is. And uh, N'Golo Kante also said, you know, I'm not going to train. And he's actually asked the club, like he, he's asked the club board and, uh, Frank Lampard if he can just not train and stay at home or basically yes, train Chelsea,
0: Chelsea have given him permission to train from home and Danny Rose as well.
1: Yes, is, yes. Is,
0: is described footballers as guinea pigs, which I think yeah. is it's a fair it's assessment good. because, I mean, let, let's be honest, it all narrows down to the amount of money involved in football.
1: Um, exactly, exactly.
0: You know, you can't ignore the fact it's not for the love of the game, it's not to for the integrity of football that we need to finish the season it's for the sheer amount of money involved
1: yeah i mean along the, TV, the along the tv rights the the tv rights that are involved in a season you know you've got close to, you've got close to a billion a billion euros in, in money that's going to be put into that and obviously you can't just you can't just say uh, Uh, you can't it's it's a very big chunk of money that also you have to look a bit bigger than football which is also one of the reasons why it's being started up again is not only the social impact but just because it's such a massive part of the economy in the country in which it's played and i think that's um like maca definitely came under pressure uh to reopen also the economy because you at some point you have to you have to take a risk and say if we don't act soon the whole country is going down the tubes it's not just you know a specific industry like football or or uh or the auto industry or whatever it's the whole country's economy goes down the tubes and then you've got a real crisis i mean Um, another real crisis so
0: it's a difficult one for angela merkel and the last thing before we move on is that i've got it up here uh in the independent someone involved with Bayern said that angela merkel could prove the savior of football which I think would make for quite a nice statue in every town oh, yeah. square in the world. <laughs> but moving off of this, you know, rather downbeat, horrendous topic.
1: I was about to say, the, deep, to pre- the sadly the, depressing topic of Corona.
0: <laughs> to arguably the biggest game in Germany is the Classica. And you as a Bayern fan.
1: It is... I'm not gonna lie. I don't care if this is with or without fans. This is still going to be such a massive match. It's it's the compound. It's it's got a, it's like it's compounding factor. So basically, you've got you've got the fact that one, it's only four points separating them, and they are first and second. Um, and this makes it a very much a title deciding race because of, if 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 Byron win tonight, you've got a seven point gap. Which arguably in six matches could be lost, but it is very unlikely given current form. Like and given the fact that they've just put Hansi Flick under a new contract, they've signed their, they've signed major key players uh, to be, you know, on contract extensions, um, and just the general form that they've had, they've shown. Uh, In the last two matches, I'd say it is very or it'd be highly unlikely that Dortmund would catch them um, if they did win tonight. On the other hand, if Dortmund do win and they definitely have the potential to do so, it would put the title race to one point difference between first and second. And it'd be even closer than last year, which I didn't think would happen given Bayern's dominance in the Bundesliga the last 10 years.
0: Yeah. So what I think Bayern are going for seven in a row, but in recent weeks, even before, actually eight. Uh, eight in a row. Sorry, but even exactly. before uh, football stopped, Dortmund had seemed to, you know, stop the stupid mistakes at the back. Yeah. You know, you look, you look at the the Leipzig game, four all I think it was. Yeah. Yeah you know silly mistakes like that you know Roman Berkey coming out to midway through Dortmund's half and missing the ball
1: oh uh, it, yeah it is it is I'd say if anyone stands in Dortmund's way of of them winning titles it is literally themselves because they they don't have they don't have a bad club model they have excellent managers at the top who also constantly find a way even when they do sell their star players to find the next star player and make them you know a very integral part of the team I mean look at the fact everyone was like oh Usman Dembele uh, a few years back he they'll never replace him and then they get Jaden Sancho and Jaden Sancho is now one of the most promising wingers on the planet yeah. and you've it's it is very much them only they themselves could st- can stand in the way of of their title glory and sad to say it has been often in the last few se- in the last few years that they've that they've done this. Yeah, so, but I
0: think if anyone is going to be more not motivated but have have that bit more belief, it will be Dortmund because you know Sancho was injured. He's played a few. You know, a few brief cameo appearances in the last two games Emre yeah. Chan came on in yeah. the last game Axel Witzel posted a, a video on his socials today saying that he's back you know he posted some training videos so whether he starts and whether Hood is sacrificed or whether Emre Chan and Delaney start in those holding positions I mean you just, you've just you've just
1: made the point there like look at the squad depth. If everyone's me. fit in that Dortmund team, they should be doing so much. That I mean, they should, they should be, they should have a winning team, and they should. Like, I mean, given given the squad they've had, they should not have lost to Paris. It was just the uh, when they got kicked out of the Champions League. They shouldn't have. They, they getting kicked out by PSG. I didn't think that that was going to happen, especially after the first leg,
0: because yeah. the first leg they
1: actually did. They they did more than hold a candle to PSG. They were actually very much neck and neck. So,
0: but you know Marco Royce is injured still, and Julian Brandt is a great player. Yeah, if Marco Royce is fit, where do you put Julian Brandt? Do you put him out wide? Then what about Thorgan Hazard? <laughs>
1: it's that 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 is where uh, Lucien Favre will have the um the pick. He'll have he'll have it as we say in German, the Qual uh, der Wahl, the the basically the. Pressure and, um, oh god, I'm gonna to have to translate this now directly and I'm totally blank on it. But it's basic, basically having, basically being under pressure to make the pick and having, or having too many good players to pick from, yeah, as I guess the it's, this,
0: uh, it's the, a nice problem to have. You'd rather have too many oh, yeah. good players to pick from than have to bring in, you know, having to start someone like Gio Reyna, who is undoubtedly a talented player. Yeah, but, but do you really want to start? him in the Classica at home against
1: Bayern. Yeah, exactly. I mean, it's, um, I mean, quick, quickly, you say it, you say at home. Sadly, in these times, it's not really going to make too much of a difference. But uh, um, it is, they do have the squad depth that you would expect from a, a team that is definitely aiming to be in all three major competitions for the duration of the season so I'm saying uh, it, yes obviously you can start you can start debating about the fact of if Dortmund actually have a team that could make it far further in the Champions League than you know the round of 16 or even the quarterfinals um, or you know the fact that they would actually be able to make it through three competitions for a whole season but they do have the squad depth where squad depth where you're thinking They're, they they really aren't that far off from, from Barn. It's they should, or they shouldn't be. It's if, if any if anything, they just don't have the experience in that squad depth that Barn have. Yeah, that's it's, the only. It's thing a relatively I'd say.
0: young team, yeah. yes. with the exception of you know, with the exception of Mats Hummels, uh, Lucas yeah, Piechec, even yeah. Marco Royce, I assume, which, yeah. which you would assume would still around the team. But yeah. I don't think we can talk about De clasico without mentioning. Erling Haaland and Robert Lewandowski, who between them this True. season have eighty goals in seventy-two matches.
1: Uh, that is a stupid statistic.
0: And you know, granted, it Haaland um, Haaland yeah. only joined in January, but you know, a hat trick on his debut, nine goals in his first five, four-five games.
1: Yeah, it's it's um. He's a phenomenon that I think you don't see you, that we haven't seen in that in that form or fashion in the last few seasons. Um, the main thing now is that he's proven that he's very much a talented player and he is someone to be reckoned with and someone that for the future um, could definitely be a uh, could definitely be a world class striker. It is now up to him to f- prove the fact that he can keep doing it for more than a season. Um, but that being said, we're right now, we're talking about the then and now. Uh, and Lewandowski versus Haaland, that's going to be a big transfer, or it's uh, transfer. Uh, it's going to be a big topic during the match today because they're going to be compared with every single chance they get. So basically, Haaland at the, at the one and Lewandowski at the other, who's going to bag more? That's going to be the main comparison.
0: Yeah, and let's not forget as well as well as those two, you've got Sancho and Thomas Muller Oh, yeah. to break the the is it the co- the combined record or the or just the assist record? I keep forgetting. I'd that. have
1: to actually do my re- research on if it's a re- if it's a um, if it's a score points record or if it's just the assist record. But I want to say it's actually the assist record because um, I mean the crazy thing you have to think about as well is that. Müller's only gone and he's basically his star has risen again under Flick. And even under Flick in his first, I want to say it's 15 matches, he had 13 assists, which is stupid. Um, And Jadon Sancho being as young as he is and having the score points that he does, um, I think he's at 16 assists, 14 goals this season. Yeah, five That's correct.
0: So, Thomas Muller is on 17 assists for the season. Yes. Sancho's on 16. The record was set in 2014 by Kevin De Bruyne when he was at Wolfsburg.
1: Yeah, and that was that, that was 18 assists? I want to say. I'm not sure.
0: Uh, no, that was... What? Uh, De Bruyne's one? Yes. No, that was 21 assists.
1: Well, I mean, I'm. I'd wager a guess here and say that record is uh, going to be beaten this season.
0: Oh, definitely.
1: Unless one, of, unless both of them have such a dip in form, or they both injure themselves for the rest of the season, that record is going down.
0: And I mean, yeah, I think there's two players, two players in too hot a form.
1: Yeah. And I mean and you've got these two strikers who are in unbelievable form that I'm hoping or I could see this being a high scoring match. I mean uh Lota Mateos uh base Lota Mateus, uh his prog I think he he said he would tip uh, or he would put a bet down for two for a two two draw.
0: I think it's yeah. a two two draw.
1: Yeah. I would actually, uh, I wouldn't, it's
0: hard to argue, but I still think Bayern might nick it, maybe two-one or three-two.
1: I mean, my 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 heart would obviously would obviously say that as well, but I'm not gonna looking at the form of these two teams, especially in the last two matches, where they really haven't shown, you know, a any dip in form. They've actually looked like they've come out of the virus, coming off, you know, even better than they did going, you know, when the virus hit. Um, I mean, both te- between both teams, they've managed or Bayern have managed to score seven goals and only concede two in the last mat- in, in the last two matches, and Dortmund have managed to score six goals and concede none. So you in in, two, in in between the two teams over four matches, it's a goal ratio of thirteen to two, which is unbelievable, especially given the virus.
0: Exactly. It's it's going to be a tough one. It's going to be a difficult one. But even if you're not mad about German football, it's still definitely worth a watch tonight.
1: Yes, I mean it, it's. They've also both teams have also shown with their style of play in the last uh, in the last two matches that they have done since the virus, since the restart that they are very much capable of producing very watchable football and I'd say watchable is an understatement I think they I, I think they definitely would do I mean this is this match is the especially with everyone including Premier League fans La Liga fans every the whole football world is watching this match because there's nothing else going on today at at 6 30 German time nothing Else is going on. There's the one match that is going to be played, and everyone's going to be watching it. So, if there's a time to basically advertise German football in the Bundesliga,
0: this is it. Exactly, and you know, a win for Dortmund and the title race is back on. A win for Bayern, and you'd have to say it's
1: game over. Game
0: over, really.
1: Sad to say, but I think you're uh, you've nailed you're you're spot on with that one. I mean as much, as much as as much as I do as a Bayern fan obviously I want them to win the title it is very it is also a little bit it would also be I'd almost say it'd be better for football in general if Dortmund did win um but I'd still like I I guess in for a Bayern fan it, the best thing could be you know a draw because then that way the title race is still alive um but not, you know, too close. (laughs) So uh, you could, you could just say that, you know, that is, that is very much the best, that probably be the best outcome for a Bayern fan um, who, you know, still wants to see a good title race, but uh, wants to see his team ultimately win in the end. Um, But yeah, I think one last one, one last thing before we do uh, and this first podcast is that it has to be mentioned is, when you speak of records, the record that cannot be avoided is the fact that Lewandowski still still is possibly on track to beat Gatmula's all-time record of 40 goals in one Bundesliga season. If he does it, very
0: debatable. That's what I mean. Do you what's see on at the moment? Is he 27?
1: 27, and he's got six matches left. Six matches. Well,
0: including 14, that's 14 goals in six matches.
1: I mean, it'd be if he, if he did manage it, it'd be it'd be an unreal feat, and he he would most definitely make the. I'd say he'd probably make the top three for the Ballon d'Or, def in um for without a shadow of a doubt. But it's it is one of those things where I think the virus, like on the one hand, he would have been injured if the season had continued, and he would have lost out on matches. But on the other hand, I think the momentum that he had before his injury uh, during the Chelsea match was. It was unstoppable. And if he had kept that momentum and not gotten injured, he might have done it. But I think it is, as you said, a very big... That'd be a very big feat to accomplish, scoring 14 goals in six matches.
0: But he did score five in nine minutes, so...
1: Put it this way. If anyone's going to do it, it's, it is Lewandowski.
0: <laughs> exactly. Maybe you've got a couple more years at the top yeah. with Bayern.
1: Exactly. I mean, the guy is 31, turning 32 now. So, you know, he is, he's he got maybe, I'd say if, out of this, maybe he's got three years at the top level left. Maybe.
0: Yeah, I could the see that. The guy is comparable with to a, Ronaldo. With maybe, with, maybe a, a, with maybe a a return back to Dortmund. Matt Hummels <laughs> and Mario Goetze.
1: Jesus. Uh, that, that would be a romantic uh, – th- th- that's the football romantic coming out. <laughs> uh, th- so, that would that'd be a sight to see, not going to lie.
0: Yeah, so there you go. So, football without fans, a possible title decider, and maybe a few more goals closer to that everlasting goal-scoring record for Robert Lewandowski. Thank you yes. very much for listening. It's goodbye from me.
1: Goodbye from me as well. And until next time. See ya.